with the Jewish Passover feast coming up, this week's Bible in the News looks at the true significance of the Passover. Hello, this is Matt Davies joining you once again. This Saturday, Saturday the 9th of March, will be, according to the Hebrew calendar, the 27th day of the month of Adar. And this is the last Shabbat, or Sabbath, before the Jews celebrate the Passover, and so it is considered a special Shabbat, called Shabbat Haggadol, the Great Sabbath. The Passover is a feast of remembrance of an event which took place approximately 3,300 years ago, and is a living testimony to the truth of the events we find in our Bibles. The children of Israel had been made slaves in Egypt and had been treated bitterly by the Pharaoh of the time. Yahweh, the God of Israel, had prepared Moses for the special work of leading his people out of Egypt and out of bondage. Moses had been told by God to bring judgment upon the Egyptians in the form of nine plagues, which God performed for two reasons. One, that God's name of Yahweh would be declared throughout all the earth, Exodus 9 verses 14 and 16, and Exodus 10 verses 1 and 2, and 2, to show the uselessness of the pagan gods of Egypt, Exodus 12, 12 and Numbers 33 and verse 4. Before each plague, the Egyptians were warned that if they did not allow the children of Israel to leave, then the judgment would come upon them. But the warnings of Moses were not heeded, and plague after plague was inflicted upon the then superpower of the day, Egypt. Before the tenth and final judgment plague was to be performed by God through his angel of death, the Jewish people were to eat a special Passover meal. This event occurred on the fifteenth day of the month Nisan. This year, The Passover falls on the the date of Monday, the 25th of March, 2013, at sundown. We read about the Passover meal in Exodus chapter 12, where God tells Moses to proclaim this feast to Israel. We read there in verse 2, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month... They shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbour next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head and his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, 
and that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire, and thus shall ye eat it. With your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's, or Yahweh's, Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am Yahweh, the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to Yahweh throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. And so on that fateful night, the Jews gathered into their houses to partake of this feast. And on that fateful day, around 3,300 years ago, at midnight, the angel of death went through the land of Egypt and killed all the firstborn sons of any house which did not have the blood of an unblemished lamb splashed on its front doorposts. Slowly, the quiet warm air of the evening became filled with the noise of wailing and crying as the Egyptians discovered their dead firstborn. Verse 30. Eventually we read that that same night, Pharaoh calls for Moses and allows Israel to leave to serve Yahweh, their God. Verse 31. The law of Moses records that this feast was to be marked every year from that point onwards, a feast to Yahweh throughout your generations. This event truly is an amazing piece of evidence to the truth of the Bible, as it is a powerful link to the past. Why else would thousands of people around the world, spanning hundreds of generations, mark such an occasion such as the Passover, if the Bible was not true? However, there is more to this than simply the marking of an amazing series of events and the freeing of Israel. It is the inspired Apostle Paul who tells us that the law was a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. The law of Moses, therefore, teaches us about Christ, and therefore, by examining the principles involved in the Passover, we can better see the role of Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and draw lessons for ourselves. In the Passover, the unblemished lamb is slain, and its blood saves the house from suffering from death. This lamb pointed to the work of redemption wrought by the Lord Jesus Christ, who died as a sacrificial representative of all those who associate themselves with him. We read of this in the first of Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, where we read, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. And it is John the Baptist who, when he sees Jesus, says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, in John 1 verses, uh, verse 29. By bearing the same nature as us, and being in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin, as we read of in Hebrews 4 verse 15, see also Hebrews 9 verse 28, Romans 8 verse 3, and 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, the Lord Jesus Christ was indeed an unblemished lamb 
who overcame the temptations of sin to fulfill perfectly the will of his father and who voluntarily laid down his life as a sacrifice for sin. And because Jesus had not committed any sin, he was raised from the dead by God and his mortal sin-cursed nature was removed and eternal life was given to him. The amazing thing is that the Bible teaches that those who associate themselves with Christ's sacrifice can also have the hope of resurrection and have their human nature removed and and in its place, eternal spirit nature given to them when Jesus Christ returns. We read in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 to 21, for our conversation or way of life is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. It is through this sacrifice, the Apostle Paul says, that those who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ in Ephesians 2 verse 13. Before they come into Christ, a person was symbolically in Egypt, in bondage to sin and death, but now they've been baptised and they have left Egypt and are on their way to the promised land through the blood of the Passover lamb, Christ. But how does a person become associated with the blood of Christ? Well, initially, it is through belief in the gospel and baptism into Christ, as we read in Mark 16, verse 16. And through the act of baptism into Christ, a believer is said to have put on Christ or is covered by his work of redemption and becomes associated with the great promises God has made to the fathers of Israel. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 to 29, tell us that we become heirs of those promises through Christ. And these promises speak of an eternal inheritance on the earth. It is Christ's sacrifice which allows a person to have righteousness imputed to them, Romans 4 verse 23 and 5 verse 19, where otherwise righteousness would not have been, in other words, in their natural state. And this gives that person hope of salvation through the mercy of God. The inspired Peter tells us, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, 1 Peter 1, 18-19. And so what a marvellous meaning then we find in the Passover lamb, as it points us like a schoolmaster to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many other aspects of the feast of the Passover which are worth briefly considering as well, as many lessons are held within them. The house signifies the ecclesia or community of believers that the Israelites were to gather together into. Hebrews 3 verse 6, 1 Peter 2 verse 5. The unleavened bread which was to be eaten with the meal of the Passover signifies sincerity and truth as we read of in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. The bitter herbs signify the struggle with the bondage of sin, 
and the judgments of God. As we read in Lamentations 3 verse 15 and Hebrews 12 verse 15. The readiness in which the feast was to be eaten with the loins girt and so on signifies the state of constant readiness for the day of deliverance that all believers should be in. Luke 12 35, Ephesians 6 verse 13 to 15. And there are many, many other details which we simply don't have time to go into, which all point to the work of Christ and draw out lessons for us in as we live in these last days. So as the Jewish world looks towards the Passover by marking the last Shabbat before that event, we look for the greater work of salvation, which will be wrought through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns to the earth. Then he shall reward every man according to his works, Matthew 16, verse 27. For many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt, Daniel 12, verse 2. We shall end this week's Bible in the News with the special greeting of Shabbat Hagadol. Shabbat Hagadol Mavorak. A blessed, great Shabbat. And indeed, what a blessing the Shabbat, or the rest as the word Shabbat means, of the age to come will be when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. This has been Matt Davies joining you for another Bible in the News. Shabbat Hagadol Mavarach. <laughs>